welcome to My Faculty Podcast at Walden University, created to provide further professional development and conversations relevant to faculty interests. This podcast is brought to you by the Center for Research Quality. With me today is my guest, Dr. Daniel Salter. He's the director of the Center for Research Quality at Walden University. Our topic is faculty publication with students. So welcome, Daniel. Great. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about your experience of publishing and what it has to do with students. Well, I would say, you know, most faculty people kind of have three layers of publication streams, if you will. One of them is their own kind of research that they do. Certainly there's publications and research they do with colleagues. And then there's this kind of third category of uh, publications, you know, former students that you've worked with in your capacity as a, a faculty member. So that's kind of the third group that I'd like to talk about here. Um, you know, I would say over my career, I got, I guess I got two examples I can pull out. Probably the best research collaboration that I've had that led to uh, some publications with a former student early in my career named Anita. Uh, and I'm going to use names because I guess people can look these up so they can see the names here. Um, she and I both kind of met at Penn State having um, our own individual interest in the chilly classroom climate. And I'd been doing some research on that before I came to Penn State. And she had an interest from her professional career. So we just kind of wound up together, uh, working together. And I'm not sure if we'd describe it as the, the typical chair and student relationship, but we were able to collaborate such that our research supported each other and we were able to carve out a nice chunk of stuff for her to do for her dissertation. Uh, eventually, certainly led to a number of publications from that that I could talk a little bit more about in a minute here. I probably would say the best publication collaboration I've had with with a former student named Ray. You know, his dissertation topic was not aligned so much with my research agenda, but he certainly reached out to me, was interested in working with me as a co-author on, on stuff off of his dissertation. You know, that relationship worked out pretty well for us, and I think we wrote well together. He helped me with a couple things later on, and then a number of years later, he came back to me to collaborate on a piece that he was working on, on student communication. And um, it turned out, you know, we worked well together. It's one of the most cited publications I have out there with my name on it. So those are kind of a couple of examples of, of ways that I have kind of worked with students in the past. So the traditional way of faculty and students doing research, at least in a brick and mortar, is that the faculty has their research agenda and then the student takes a little piece of that and they may end up doing that on their dissertation. And it's really different when you're working online, don't you think? It is, and I, I think the situation with Ray is probably more typical of certainly, well, I experience here at Walden is that, you know, the, the student has their own kind of research agenda um, that you are trying to support. And, and in that way, you know, I, I, you do that. And I, I think that's some of, you know, we want to talk about maybe some strategies for faculty and a mentor here, but I don't know that, I don't know that the online and the, and the, in the residential kind of settings are that different in that way. Okay. 
So what should faculty think about as far as doing research with students or their graduated? Are there positives and negatives to this? Um, you know, I, I guess I would frame it, you know, one of the things I do at Walden is uh, oversee the a program that we have for our recent graduates called the New Scholars Workshop. So I think what might be useful here is kind of talk about some of what we tell them as new graduates in regard to working and collaborating with faculty that might be that might inform the faculty process. So it's, you know, turn it around and use those same kind of talking points as some for faculty. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I I think. First and foremost, one thing we would say to students that the faculty could say to students, I say it to them is, you know, just as uh, we tell them that they can do some things during the coursework phase of their program to kind of set themselves up for the dissertation, you know, align some course assignments with kind of where they seem to be headed. I think there's some strategies with the dissertation that that as well that can set themselves up for eventual publications. Uh, I, you know, I personally like using the oral defense as a, as a, the final defense as kind of a jumping off point. And instead of asking about a project that's basically done already, to start having them think in terms of, you know, where do you want to take this? Who do you want to tell your story to? Um, you know, what, what are some of those venues? And have, start having that discussion even before the student is done. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing we tell students is, to not be bashful and to reach out to their committee members. And I, I think, you know, there's a, a line to walk here is, you know, how aggressively do you pursue a graduate to get some work done? You know, t it really needs to be their choice and, and their journey to take. But, you know, I think it's okay to remind them that you're out there to help. They may not think in those kind of terms. Uh, you know, and I think it's also important to kind of help them to see you as a colleague uh, you know, there's a there's the student teacher dynamic that goes with faculty and, and students, even through the dissertation process. And, you know, I'd probably to my mind, that's the hardest transition for graduates to make out of these programs is to begin to see the people they've worked with as colleagues. Uh, and, and, you know, I think the inability to make that transition is what sometimes leads to these uh, publications where the the student writes it and just puts the whole committee on as co-authors because they feel like that's part of that same power dynamic of I got to list them because they helped me with this. And that's really not the case so much. To help them see you as a colleague makes that an easier transition into working with them. One of the things we tell them is that, um, you know, when you were a student, you're the members of the committee really shouldn't have been writing any parts of your dissertation for you. But when you start working on that first article, they are they can be co-authors in, in the strictest sense of the word and that they can help you write sections or they can write sections and help you clarify how you write things, which is a different kind of approach to writing than what they had with the dissertation. So where does the authorship stuff come in? I mean, it can be kind of tricky with, I mean, it's a student's dissertation, but how much credit should the faculty be getting on the paper? Well, you know, that's that's not a simple answer. I would say that, um, you know, it, some of some of how it varies out there is by discipline. I think that, you know, within particular disciplines, there's different kinds of traditions about where, uh, you know, where senior faculty appear in a publication as an author. 
in you know in some fields the, the the most senior person is listed as the last author in a multiple author publication in some even though especially when the student worked with you on your research it might be a, even still appropriate for the the senior person to be first i think for most in most cases though you know for something that is a dissertation project the the student or the graduate needs to be the first author the the question that arises is about what about all the other members of the committee you know what we tell students is you're not obligated to involve them in any sort of way with any kind of publication afterwards it's not it's certainly not a legal obligation but you know it's it's a collegial thing uh, I, I tell I tell faculty I tell students that I, to my mind your right to be a co-author on a student's article from their dissertation starts the day they are done and that you earn that right at that point by working with them and helping them shape it. One of the, you know, one of the biggest challenges it's, that our graduates have about writing a publication is they, in spite of reading dozens and dozens of these things along the way, they don't have a good sense of what a publishable product looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, my student, Anita, that I mentioned before, she had one dissertation, but she sort of did a mixed design and we were eventually able to spin three articles off of that, one that was more quantitative in orientation for that phase and one that was more qualitative and a kind of an integrative piece. But I don't think she saw that at the end. Uh, that was something we kind of negotiated and talked through. So, you know, that's a thing that faculty can do in some way. But to answer the question about publication, um, you know, it, it, that needs to be something that the, that the, the graduate drives. It shouldn't be something a faculty person feels entitled to, no matter how much pain and suffering went into the dissertation. It, it, it's something that you should be earning after they're done, as opposed to before. So can you give us an idea, like with Anita, how much help did you give her? And uh, <laughs> I've slept since then. So, uh, you know, it, it, in a, she was we were in a residential college so the dynamics a little different there because you know in a residential kind of setting you see you see your students and you interact with them maybe a little bit more than you do online and in different kinds of ways mm -hmm. uh, you know, i i would say as i was saying before that you know to, to keep students focused on getting done that was kind of my agenda with her is get get it done and then once we were on the other side of it not only both her and with ray not only did we publish some things, but we also presented some. And that seems to be a kind of, I think, a good pathway for a lot of publications is getting up and presenting at once. Because once you're up there in front of the room telling the story, you got a sharper vision of how it needs to be told. And it makes it easier to write it, to my mind. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with, with so with Anita, I, you know, I, we just kind of sat down and we had kind of a, a, a planning session. My memory of it was that we, you know, we, we talked once she was done, we kind of talked about where where the, where can this go in terms of publication. So we we took the first one, which to our mind was the simpler one of the quantitative piece, and kind of wrote that up. And then um, and then the you know the the second you know, but we had a the game plan going into it. We kind of sat down and had a kind of post defense kind of conversation about okay, where next. And I think that's probably a good, you know, up until that point, that's why I think the New Scholars Workshop works pretty well. It's hard to get a, it's hard to be thinking about a publication when you're still in the mix of writing the dissertation. Sure. So it's, yeah, it's okay to have a little bit of a vision, but you don't, you want to keep 
focus on the, the priority there. Did that kind of answer the question you were wondering about? Not quite. Um, so like, <laughs> let's take Ray since he, his was online. When he was writing up the article, how much input did you have? I guess is what I'm interested in. Well, Ray was also a, a Penn State student, but uh, you know, how much did I help him with that? You know, he was a good writer. And so I, I, my memory was that I didn't have a, a lot to do from that standpoint. He, he was a pretty strong writer to start with. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think that, again, for both, for both of them and, and others that I've worked with, the part I think I contribute the most to the process is helping them see what a, what the story is, as we metaphorically say, what's the story to be told in this article and getting that down because there's a tendency, I think I was that way when I was done is to throw everything that you did into one big article every, you know, and it, you get lost doing that. And so to, to pare it down, I think that would, I would describe that as the quality of my interaction with them. You know, most students know how to write. It's just a matter of, of getting them focused on what they're writing about. And I think that's how the interaction has gone with, with every student. I would say, you know, with Ray, it, it, and not Ray, but some other students too, you know, I eventually was the second author on Ray's articles and Anita's, but there have been times that I've not been, you know, sometimes, you know, students will bring, graduates will bring something for me to look at and I'll give them some feedback on it, but not to the level that I felt like I contributed as an author. And that's, I think, a normal thing to do as well. So where's the line then? Where, how do you know whether or not you feel it should, you should be an author or not? You know, I mean, I know some I, faculty think just because they've looked at it, they should have their name on it. But for you, where's that line? Well, you know, for me, it, 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 it kind of backs up. It's almost a kind of an ethical kind of decision. It's like you have to decide for yourself. Is it right for me to to claim authorship status here? I think if I'm, you know, if I'm guiding um how things, you know, how things are shaped or how the story is told in some way, uh, that's different than than reading it and saying, you know, here's some parts that maybe aren't as clear as others. You might want to clarify that, or he, here's a couple things you might want to add. That's, you know, that's the type of feedback that I would give to you or any other kind of colleague of who's asked me to take a look at something. I, you know, I, there's no ownership of mine of the quality, the outcome, I guess, in some way. You know, again, it comes down to you kind of deciding. And then, you know, uh, there have been times in education, again, it's important to know that the rules of the road are a little different in different disciplines, like I said. In my world, um, you know, single authored publications are pretty high value. And um, so there have been times that I have kind of been, I don't want to say ghostwriter, but kind of in the background, helping them get the article done, but it is totally their thing and they did all the work and they did all the heavy lifting. So I don't know if there's, there's a, I don't know if there's a rule here to follow, but mm -hmm. I would say if, if you're, if you're writing parts of it, the content, you know, like that, you know, I, I mentioned that Ray invited me into a publication later in both our careers here and, you know, he, there were three of us on it and one of, you know, Ray kind of, did the research, kind of set it up, uh, collected the data, 
he had a, a, a third person in the mix who helped us analyze it and do that. But I wrote up the, the introductory part and I, I wrote up the, the setup basically of it and kind of gave editorial look of the whole thing. So we each contributed in different kinds of ways, but it's something substantive. So any recommendations for faculty and students based on what you've seen over the years as far as publication? Uh, beyond, you know, beyond the few things that I've already said, I would just say that, um, you know, as far as publishing the dissertation or and working together. Both. You know, I, I would say that as far as publishing the dissertation goes, I think that uh, a frustration maybe that we can experience as faculty persons is that we see, you know, we may see that publishable product in it and they don't or they don't have the motivation to chase that. And, I, you know, so I think our role there is kind of keeping them motivated, keeping them moving forward on it. Uh, you know, I have a student now that, you know, he wrote a great, a Walden's a former Walden student, he wrote a great thing. I've pinged him a couple times and I was like, okay, here's what needs to happen. But his life is such that he just doesn't have the time in his day to be working on something with that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and it's unfortunate, but maybe he will. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I think our role as faculty is, you know, once they graduate, we've kind of, we're in a different kind of relationship with them and it's one of more motivational. I don't think it's inappropriate for faculty in any situation to invite students, former students into their research in some way if they want. Okay. So that assumes that they're doing research. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, but I, it, it's a good way to kind of, you know, uh, yeah, we tell students in the, the New Scholar stuff that, uh, you know, this notion of the lone wolf uh, researcher and writer, that that's kind of not true. That, you know, most, you know, most good products are collaborations. And I would say that is the case for all the things we talked about here that, you know, it's a stronger product because people collaborated on it. And it can be kind of motivating. It was motivating for me to be working with Anita on, you know, uh, uh, to find somebody with a shared interest that I had mm -hmm. and to work on stuff. But with, you know, in, in Ray's case, I would say his research agenda is not mine, but we worked well together. That's where, you know, not every, you know, not every student faculty relationship is going to emerge, uh, evolve into that kind of good collaboration. But, uh, you know, the potential is there. Sure. Great. Yeah. Well, very good. Anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before you go? No, I, I, I think that, um, you know, based on what I've seen, I would just say here that a common thing that we tell the graduates is, um, you know, there's no secret sauce. There's no secret strategy to getting that first publication or doing it, but we tell them that the best thing you can do probably is to find a sample article or two that looks like what you're thinking about publishing and use that as a model. I do that. I just had something published last year and I did exactly that as I wrote it up for this journal as I pulled some things out. I think a role faculty people can play in that is to get those things in front of those students and say, you know, this article looks a lot like what your dissertation could look like. Maybe you should use that. So, I mean, it's a different, it's a changing relationship there, but lots of opportunity as well. So if someone, if a student came to you and said, I want to have my dissertation published, 
but I don't know what to do with it. What would you tell them? What to do with it? I would, I would first say, I would have a conversation about, okay, what is, what's your key takeaway? What are you wanting to tell? And start there. And, and then, or the other place and we, you know, to start is saying, who needs to hear what you found? You know, you did this project for a reason. Who needs to hear what you found? And who needs to benefit from it? And then work backwards, like, okay, so this group needs to know about it. How do you get it in front of them? Mm -hmm. And you know, in some cases, maybe it's not a publication. Maybe it's a presentation. But I think that would help them narrow down what topic to. It might not be the entire dissertation, but it might be just a sub piece of it that might be of interest to this particular group. Yeah, and that's why I'm a fan of presenting, because when you go to a conference and present, you're telling a story, but you're getting feedback in real time about what interests people and what doesn't. And sometimes you find that types of questions you get asked or how you're telling the story either resonates and you can tell or it doesn't, and you try a different tactic. And it's just a good way to sharpen it and get some feedback in real time that you don't get in the publication process. Mm -hmm. It's kind of more trial and error there. Very much so, yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. And I'm sure what you've shared will be of great benefit to faculty. Um, it's something I don't think we talk enough about. I agree. Well, thanks, Lee. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for Research Talk. Our music is by audionautics.com. And I'm Dr. Lee Statlander. Today's podcast was sponsored by Walden University's Center for Research Quality. Mm -hmm.